Welcome to the history class no one asked for. This is the inaugural episode of Historically Accurate, the Historically Accurate podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Michelle Lewis. Joining me today is my sister and Elvis Presley fan, Katie Lewis. Hello. <laughs> um, so normally I would, like in any other episode, I'd be like, oh, hey, how'd we meet? But we kind of came out of mm. the same place. Yeah. From the same parents, pretty much. So uh, this is where I have the unique opportunity of sharing something about you. Great. So do you remember this one time? Uh, we had just moved to Pennsylvania. Oh, God. And we were both in elementary school. And uh, we decided to sneak out. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and for whatever reason, you had me duct tape your knees. And you tried to run down the street. <laughs> I still don't understand what we were doing to this day. No, we duct taped each other, each other's legs to each other, yeah. like a three-legged person. And it was probably like midnight yeah, or something. Was, we snuck out at like midnight. It was so dumb. I don't know why we did that. Because I was like five and you were nine. You were not five. Okay, I was definitely six. like in sixth grade, I think. But it would have made me, how old are people in sixth? I would have been nine because I'm young. No, you would have been. I was nine because I have a December birthday. It 10 or 11, though, for 6th grade, though. Because I was 5 when I started kin kin first grade. I was 9 in 6th grade. I'm going to look that up. Go ahead. Not right now. Okay. Go ahead. Beginning of 6th grade. End of 6th grade, I would have been 10. You graduated at 17, right? Yep. Yeah, so did I. I was definitely 10 when I started 6th grade. Well, not when I started, but, like... That's anyway, what I mean. We I'm were young. Birthday. Anyway... <laughs> All right, so uh, now I have 10 rapid-fire questions that may or may not teach you something about my co-host. Are you ready? Here we go. Shoot. Okay. Uh, which animal adds more joy to the world, squirrels or llamas? Ooh, llamas. How would you rate your karaoke skills on a scale of one to Mariah Carey? Uh, not Mariah, but not quite a one. I'd say like maybe a seven and a half. I don't know what number Mariah is. Uh, so, would you rather come face-to-face -face with a miniature hippopotamus or a giant cockroach? Both are in a bad mood. Uh, definitely a baby hippo. That makes more sense. Uh, what is something you could eat for a week straight? Anything Mexican and spicy. Uh, I might take that back because it'll be really bad. Um, okay, just eating and enjoying, yes, definitely Mexican. Okay, uh, what would you do if I farted right now? Um, slap you. Oh, God. Too late. Uh, if you oh. were given an all-expense-paid trip to Cleveland, would you take it? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I would totally. I like to travel. All right. Um. Well, I... Isn't that the, where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is? Am I way off? I don't know. Honestly. Pretty sure. Mm. You should know more than I do. I think. <clears throat> so if you were... uh, Hold on. Back up. Well, I think you already answered this one, but I have to ask it because I wrote it down. 
Have you ever slapped one in the face? Yes. <laughs> Cake or pie? Pie. Name one of the seven dwarves. Happy? Last Halloween costume? Janis Janice Joplin. <laughs> Who is it? Janice Joplin. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Alright, so now uh let's let's go ahead and get into the lesson. I think you're you're warmed up, you're ready to okay. go. Um so this one time in the United States, Elvis Presley met President Richard Nixon. Uh so when this airs, it'll be exactly 50 years ago today that this meeting happened. Uh, what was it that you were saying? You told me about the photograph. The photograph of Nixon and Elvis Presley is not just a popular photograph. It is one of the most famous archived photographs um, requested throughout the world. Um, and that's up to 2015. After that, I'm really not sure because that's as far as I went. Because <laughs> oh, I think a lot of people just thought it was photoshopped. It's definitely not photoshopped. And if it was in color, <clears throat> he was wearing purple velvet suit, which is totally Elvis, with his nice, big, humongous gold buckle belt. And a Colt 45 pistol. Yep. It was, wasn't it gold? Was the, wasn't the gun gold too? You know what? I actually don't know that. I thought I wrote it down. But anyway. It would not surprise me. Because <laughs> that was a point in time where gold was fire. So we'll do a, a, a brief overview of each each man. So, of course, you're my Elvis expert here. Mm -hmm. um, so he was pretty much the embodiment of the American dream. Mm -hmm. uh, he rose from poverty into significant fame. And he's considered one of the most significant cultural icons of the 20th century. Um, he was the king of rock. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was drafted into the army for two years. Um, Voluntarily. Well, everybody had to sign up for the draft. Well, he wanted to go. He got deferred twice. I looked it up. <laughs> what does that mean? Deferred. So he was his number first came up for the draft when he turned eighteen, but he was still in high school and he was doing really well in high school, so they deferred it. Mm. And then it came up again, but he was in the middle of filming a movie, so they deferred him again. So he didn't go until he was twenty three. Mm. Um, and then of course, they sensationalized it and they were like, "We have to cut his hair." <laughs> yeah, it's the military. Uh, so he was granted the name. I didn't make up the name. It, he was called Elvis the Pelvis early in his career because he was, uh, his, his dance moves were scandalous for the time. Oh, boy. He moved them hips a lot. That's why they started filming him from the waist up. So that's how he got Ladies throwing their panties and bras at him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how he got the name Elvis the Pelvis. Uh, and then he also... Can shake them hips. He had a fascination with police and a deep respect for law enforcement. Yes, he did. Uh, which is uh, seen at Graceland, which you went to. I did. They have yep. a very well docu. He has a well documented collection of badges, uniforms, automobiles, and guns. Yep. All yes. Related. Yep. The badges. That was um, very interesting. They were all there. I have a picture of it actually. Um, but I didn't, at that time, I didn't know he collected badges. And they were voluntarily given to him. He didn't say, hey, give me your badge. He said, you know, he liked meeting 
um, police, like you said, police officers, and they voluntarily, here, take my badge. Yeah, here, Elvis, take my yeah, badge. It's Elvis, give him my badge. Take yeah. it. It's all yours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, of course, I didn't give you any information on this, so you just get to respond. Oh. Uh, so then we have President Nixon, who's on the other end of this spectrum. Um, so he was the only U.S. president to resign. Um, the nickname that I put in the title of this episode, Tricky Dick or Tricky Dicky, was actually a nickname given to him uh, in 1950 uh, during a Senate race uh, against Democratic candidate Helen Gahagan, or it's Gahagan, now I'm mad at myself, I don't remember, Douglas. <laughs> um, and she pretty much coined that because he used a lot of dirty tricks in his campaign. Um, a lot of slander, uh, <clears throat> and, like, he used other people to, like, attack her. Yeah. Some of those characters come back up in Watergate, which is a whole, whole, that's ultimately why he ended up resigning. Because um, for Watergate, it was five men working for a committee, uh, for the committee to reelect the president, otherwise known as Kareep, which I can't. That's perfect. The <clears throat> yeah, pretty much. Um, so they, they broke into the Democratic Party's headquarters um, at the Watergate Hotel, which was you know also an office building in D.C. Um, they got caught trying to plant listening devices and going through files. Uh, and even though Nixon denied uh, any knowledge that this was happening, uh, he also had these secret tapes and he even fired the person that he appointed to look into the matter. It's a whole, Burn. whole scandal. Um, now, this meeting happened before that, but it ha it happened the same year as Kent State, mm -hmm. which I realize not a lot of people are familiar <clears throat> with. So <clears throat> I just recently found out about that because I am transferring to Kent State after I finish my schooling at my current college interesting oh yeah and well of course our mom I, t I talked to her about this episode and she was like yeah uh nixon didn't like youths <laughs> i was like who calls them youths and i was like youths. mom mom would um we are we are <laughs> the youth so of the nation. for those who don't know kent state um <laughs> there was a, a peace rally opposing expanding the involvement in the vietnam war um a couple days Beforehand, Nixon had announced uh, that they were moving into Cambodia, which was neutral at the time. And <clears throat> at Kent State, 28 National Guard soldiers fired about 67 rounds over a period of 13 seconds and killed four unarmed students and wounded nine others. Horrible. Yeah, and that was that's Kent State. I'm not so. going to speak any further on that. I have a <laughs> lot of feelings about that. Uh, so, yeah, <clears throat> that was back in May of 1970. So this meeting is now, flash forward, <clears throat> excuse me, December 21st, 1970. Um, Elvis decided that he wanted a federal narcotics badge. Like, he wanted to become a federal narcotics officer. An agent. He wanted to be a federal <clears throat> agent. Undercover agent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, because he was like... But I'm Elvis. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
so at this time, um, for Elvis, he was in the middle of uh, his, uh, like his career was coming back. He was doing all of his sold out shows in Vegas. Um, so he was like, I'm going to go meet the president about this. <laughs> you wrote him a seven page letter. Yep. With all of his reasons, including, <clears throat> I have done an in-depth study of drug abuse and and communist brainwashing techniques, and I am right in the middle of the whole thing where I can and will do the most good. And he was studying this, apparently, for ten years. Mm-hmm. Just, I had no idea about that. Yep. Good for him. He put that in his letter. Um <clears throat> So he also, in the letter, I mean, I just summarized it here, but he was like, hey, well, you know, young people see me as one of them. Because at the time he was only 35 and he's, again, Elvis. <laughs> and uh, thus that made him the perfect person to help fight in the war on illegal drugs. And then he said, I would love to meet you just to say hello if you're not too busy. <laughs> just... Just just send a letter to the president. Hey, let's meet if you're not busy. Well, he actually showed up with the letter. He didn't yeah. send it to him. He showed up uh, and, hand, and handed like, him the letter. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah. And, um, of course, his, his former wife, uh, Pr- Priscilla, she wrote a book called Elvis and Me. Uh, or, well, a memoir. And she meant she talked about the NARC badge in it. And she said, uh, the NARC badge represented some kind of ultimate power to him. Because um, <clears throat> with a federal narcotics badge, he believed he could legally enter any country, both wearing guns and carrying any drugs he wanted. He wanted to carry concealed weapons domestically. Yes. Which is not a big thing. Yeah. So, uh, this particular meeting, even though there's a picture of the fact that it happened, there's no transcript, which, I mean, it was Nixon, I'm not surprised, but he, uh, just some guy in the room was, like, taking notes, mm-hmm. and that was it. It was just very, uh, he kind of said this, this guy said that, <laughs> hands were touched, <laughs> please don't spit your water out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh... Nixon was very concerned about Elvis's credibility with the youths that he had mentioned. He was like, no, I don't want to ruin your career. I'm making you a narc. I'm like, all right. And then Elvis was like, hey, man, I can do my thing just by singing. <laughs> uh, you know, because he's not, I, I could never imagine Elvis getting up and giving a speech. Could you? No. <laughs> he would end up singing. No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, uh did you read did you read the the little jab that he made about the beatles press that elvis made about the beatles i did yes i did which was very surprising to me because i'm also a very huge beatles fan i'm probably i don't know it's probably even between elvis and beatles love beatles well and it's funny to me because i actually just read an article this morning um uh, what, what, are they, what did he say? Anti-American? Oh, here I have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they came here. They did their thing. Anti-American. And just went back to to Britain, the UK. And did their anti-American thing over there. Yeah. He said... Uh, really? 
They, they, they had been a real force, the anti-American spirit. The Beatles came to this country, made their money, and then returned to England where they promoted an anti-American theme. Yep. But the, the article I read this morning, well, well, I only saw the headline. I didn't open it, but it was Paul McCartney talking about how cool Elvis was. And how he was like, that's one of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. It's like, oh, you know what he said about you? <laughs> I'm sure he does. He probably does. I mean, it's water under just the imagine now. Elvis's ego, you know. I mean, he had the audacity to go up to the president and be like, I exactly want a narcotics badge. Yep. I have not been formally trained. Do you know who I am? <laughs> Do Mr. You know president? Who I am, Do Mr. you president? know who I am? I'm Elvis. I still... Because <laughs> I know I introduced... I'm the king! I introduced this episode to you by making you watch the Drunk History episode with Jack Black, and I still cannot unsee Jack Black as Elvis. <laughs> It's in him in the purple suit, and it's so perfect. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I know you would also watch the movie that came out in 2016. I did watch that. And you had some complaints. I did. Well, it it wasn't so much me that had the complaints, but a lot that was included in that movie weren't actual facts. Um, A lot of things, not a lot. I mean, it's pretty factual. It was very exaggerated. Um, and actually, one of his best friends, Elvis's best friends, Jerry Schilling, was um, uh, one of the executive producers for that film. And he didn't agree with some of the things that were included in the movie. Um, but I th- there's a part where he's in the Oval Office with Nixon doing karate moves. And that actually didn't happen. But did Elvis do that? He did do that, but not in the Oval Office with Nixon. He would do that, um, <clears throat> according to Jerry Schilling, he would do that um, outside of his home in Graceland for mayors. Or pretty much, I'm sure, anybody who would show up. But I know there's a specific uh, time that there was a mayor, and I, I don't know what who the mayor was at the time. And he, he did that with, it was either with Jerry or with another good friend of his. They did karate moves for the mayor but it's it's in that movie and that that did not happen and then the slapping of the hands um can you describe that scene in the movie uh for people who haven't seen it um what is the is it that game where you have your hands out yeah you have your hands out like one's hovering one's hovering above and one's the one underneath you have to real quick take them and just You gotta hit their hands real quick. Um, now, Jerry, according to Jerry, that wasn't accurate, but um, there was a cousin that reached out to Jerry after the film had debuted. Um, and she had said that that was actually um, something Elvis did with family all the time. So it wasn't completely inaccurate. It could have happened, but without someone being in the Oval Office other than. Um, the note taker. <laughs> I don't believe that was included in the notes. It was not. No, I remember. So there's no real evidence that that actually happened, but it it's likely it could have happened. Yeah, I also didn't check to see how long the meeting actually was. I know it happened at noon, even though Elvis showed up at like 9 30, 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Just like walked in with his letter and was like, hey, give that to. Give that to Mr. Or Mr. President, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, one of the things I meant to mention earlier um, about 
Nixon not liking youths. Because uh, in their conversation, you know, after Elvis is like, the Beatles, right? Anti-American. Uh, the president was, you know, all about how the youths are the ones that use drugs. And, you know, they're they're anti-American because they protest and they're, they they all seem to be young people that, <laughs> that are causing these problems. And uh, clearly forgetting that we have the First Amendment, which means that we're allowed to peaceably assemble to petition the government for redress or of grievances or publicly demonstrate strong objection to an official policy or course of action. That's what it means. Does it mean violence? It means what was actually happening in like Kent State, mm-hmm. where they were unarmed and just mad about the war, you know. So, uh, Elvis, of course, was like, hey, man, I know a lot about this. You know, I have been accepted by the hippies. He, yeah, very countercultural. He was pretty much accepted by everybody. Um, African American people, he, he, he was, he sang gospel growing up. So, you know, the ghetto, it, it's all there for him. He didn't have very many, um, groups that didn't like him. So he's able to reach out. Yeah. To a lot of, a lot of different people, which was good in a lot of different, in a lot of ways. Well, and that was one of the things that was, annoyingly controversial at the beginning of his career was the fact that you know he he was working with people who weren't white like that was a big thing um especially when he was younger and oh okay um yeah he felt uh him being able to be accepted by you know hippies and the youths uh (laughs) meant that he could be really helpful and in fighting you know the war you know fighting in this war on drugs and uh i think i deleted it but there was a part where he was pretty much like yeah i can just walk into a group everybody loves me it's like yeah because you're again you're elvis like you're elvis like how do you, you not all. How do you you're not, versatile <laughs> how do you not walk into a room and people like you my god so uh <laughs> at the end of the meeting to everybody's surprise um they hugged, which of course now in 2020 seems a little crazy to be hugging people. But... Yeah, but don't get near me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Six uh, feet. It was a surprising and spontaneous gesture, as my note says. Um, so Elvis was, you know, presented a badge, of course, as he wanted. Uh, and he genuinely believed it was a real thing. He did. It was not the real thing. No. It was an honorary badge. Um, <laughs> Which is so sad. Very sad. I mean, he didn't work very hard for it. No. Not at all. I mean, he had, it took a lot of guts to do that. Even not being Elvis, reaching out to the president for something like that is... You got a lot of... You got big kahunas, if you ask me. <laughs> so... <laughs> just to walk in. Just, well, because he didn't even make an appointment or anything. He just walked up and he was like, you know what? I... <laughs> want to be a narcotics officer <laughs> let's make this happen wrote a letter walked in handed it uh, who did he hand it to is what i want to know like who did he, who did who did he walk did he, did he well just, like, walk in i was, imagine like, obviously it this is elvis would have <laughs> been probably a secret service or somebody you know or um what who's it? um but secretary <laughs> whatever <laughs> 
But also, can you imagine Nixon is like in his office and he's and somebody walks in, they're like, ah, sir? Elvis is here? Elvis Presley. Yeah. Uh, you know, King King of Rock and Roll. He came in, um, he gave me this letter. It's kinda it's kinda damp, but here. I think it was in his pocket because <laughs> it was a velvet suit. It was well, to be didn't, hot. Nixon didn't even want to read it at he first. He probably didn't. Um, he got to push it aside, but uh, Elvis was like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> That's probably why he stood there for like three hours. <laughs> yeah, he was like, uh, I'm just going to wait here to meet with the president. That's why I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to make this happen today. It's happening. <laughs> like, I'm not coming back. This is it. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's how Elvis became a narc. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, and, you know, he thought he would be able to go, you know, in and out of the country with this badge, be able to load off drugs between countries, you know. And this is when Elvis wasn't, I guess, not necessarily doing a crap ton of drugs at the time, but was he doing them? Mm. He was definitely abusing something. Well, prescription drugs for sure. Yeah. That's confirmed. Yeah, well, this is before his downfall of, you know, hitting rock bottom with the drugs, though. So, he had a good mindset. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, the whole thing. A good mindset, but... (laughs) 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 Obviously, it didn't go how he wanted it. Not at all go how he wanted it. And that is... Uh, the story of the pelvis and the tricky dick. Thank you so much for joining me, um, coming down a whole flight of stairs. Woohoo! To record. And, uh... There's a hairball on me. Oh, oh, why? Great. Thanks for keeping that in my apartment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. Class dismissed. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh my god. Hi there, happies. As you probably know, this is an indie podcast. That means just about all the work required for producing the show is done by yours truly. If you write to the show on any platform, I reply. If you order something, I send it. The researching, the editing, publishing episodes, creating social media content, all that jazz. You may have noticed that I do not run ads on Historically Accurate, and I would like to keep it that way for as long as I possibly can. So. If you like the show, please follow the social media accounts, leave a review, share it with your friends, the works. And if you really like the show and want to support us, you can send a one-time donation of any amount to our Venmo at Historically Accurate, or consider setting up a reoccurring donation to Historically Accurate on Patreon at patreon.com slash the ha podcast. There you will find exclusive content, bloopers, merchandise, tickets for live recordings, first access to live show tickets, and even some Patreon-exclusive episodes. Each tier is a term of endearment in what I am affectionately calling the happy place. I sincerely appreciate every one of you who listens, and I'll see you in the happy place.